Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel. Only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. It's week 14. Are you ready, Mike? Are you ready? Ready. Let's do this. Come on now. We got teams in the playoffs. We got teams big in the time, championship. Big time stuff. This is big we got Jason Witten getting 16 targets last week. And pandemonium. All hell breaking loose. Who do you start? Who do you bench, baby? Let's go. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Red vs. Blue High Stakes Fantasy Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. We have another great show lined up, and as always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. And uh, I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy, again in the world of high stakes fantasy football, and we're bringing you all the Week 14 action. Mike, we had a little thing going last week where it was a uh, a decision that had to be made for our listeners, and uh, it was either uh, Bre- uh, Tom Brady or Brett Favre. You went Brett Favre. How did that go? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just uh, had to spit a little bit of crow there. <laughs> Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, Tom Brady, uh, obviously that was a good play. Uh, but Tom Brady here moving forward, I don't know. But, uh, you know, it was just a, it was a move that I thought I had to make uh, as far as a fantasy owner uh, to take Brett Favre because I knew about Tom Brady, Tom Brady's uh, little finger, little finger and things like that. But uh, those are things like that that uh, we have to move on and uh, – you know, it was a bad move, so let's let's see what happens this week uh, going for the playoffs. You're getting some compliments in the chat room, uh, Mike. They're they're saying, uh, let's see, this is two-packer. He said, you're a fantasy god. Uh, he said, if he would have listened to you on the the advice and started Jacobs, he'd be in the championship round right now. <laughs> Instead, he's stuck in the consolation bracket uh, looking up at the stars. Mike, 
Jacob I wonder who, 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 who do you start in favor of Jacobs, I wonder. I, I don't know. We're, we're going to have to. Uh, I, he started Walter. He started Walter. Kevin and, uh, Walter. Said, Kevin Walter. You, well, he said you called Jacobs. Yeah, I called Jacobs because uh, Jacobs is always huge against Dallas. He, <laughs> he always rises up against Dallas. And, uh, you know, I said it last week on the show that, uh, you know, <laughs> Dallas, Dallas December equals at D.C. squared. And that's bad news. Uh, but, uh, you know, Brandon Jacobs, he always shows up. And this team, uh, as far as uh, Brandon Jacobs and the Giants, and let's put it back put it back in, in your mind. Philadelphia, that's another one in December. It's going to be tough. Yeah, Philly's always tough. You know, we've got a caller from the 508 already on the air, Mike. So let's go ahead and take a question before we get going. 508, you're with Red versus Blue. Scott Atkins, how are you? Fantastic. This is uh, Sean Childs. Awesome, Sean. You had a little discussion on the w, uh, WCFF boards today, so I thought I might give you a call. Hey, welcome to the show. You are always welcome. Uh, Sean Childs, CC Desperados of the World Championship of Fantasy Football. What's going on tonight, man? Oh, not too much. I've been in and out of the house all day, uh, you know, fighting the battles on the wars and the message board and whatever. And, you know, I don't really care which side it goes. But, you know, in the past history of uh, how they had the game, I, I, I can just look at how the playoffs were and then going forward. So I'm just kind of, you know, stating how it was. That's all I was well, doing. Well, and it's always good to have both sides presented. It's the only way we can learn from it. I tell you what, the discussion at hand is uh, in the World Championship of Fantasy Football for all those that uh, aren't aware uh, Mike, there's a um, there's a, an average score that you get for weeks one through eleven, and that gets added to your to your uh, score in the championship bracket. Uh, so that's basically twenty percent of your score. They've uh, this right. year is a new wrinkle. WCFF went to a, a four team playoff, so they have uh, another twenty percent of your score comes from weeks twelve and thirteen. So uh, in the championship weeks, not only does it decide your fate in the league as the league champ and the five thousand, the big money. It also decides 20% of your overall score. And then weeks 14, 15, and 16, independently of themselves, each 20%, uh, the grand champ will be crowned $300,000 richer. Uh, the discussion came up uh, with a very good team, uh, very highly ranked. Uh, Alex Kaganowski, he was, one, I think, the one that brought it up. And, and uh, the point he made was, hey, I was, I was like top 10 overall all throughout the year from weeks 1 through 11. Uh, didn't have a very good weeks 12 and 13. And now, uh, now that the championship bracket has started, they have uh, increased in the significance of the weeks 12 and 13 to uh, a total of 20% of your overall score, which shot him down to like, I don't know, 70th overall. But he's like 15th overall in points scored. Uh, but well, they've added that wrinkle this year in weeks 12 and 13, and it makes up for 20%. The discussion is, is that the direction WCFF should go in the future? Well, I think so. I mean... But was this uh, was this added in midstream, or I mean, did everybody know right at, you know ahead of time, or what's the deal? I, I think Sean can point to that too, Sean. It, it was a rule in the books. I just don't think people uh, gave it a lot of thought as far as strategy and, and the implications that it could have. Uh, yeah, back in I think my, they talked about it on the boards in March a little bit, and uh, I, you know I probably noticed it and didn't didn't uh, think too much of it. But most people Me neither. didn't didn't think of the impact of the change. Uh, they were more uh, were talking about the four teams in a playoff, and most people uh, you know liked that side of the the change. But the uh, the average score, I mean, it it, it changes a little bit. It, it's not uh, a major change from the previous year. Maybe uh, about four or five points per team. 
Um, you know, some teams could have good weeks and they might move up. And, uh, you know, from 2007, uh, I think it's a big difference. Uh, uh, it's imp- still an improvement over that year. But, um, you know, the bottom line is that there's, uh, you know, you start out with 876 teams and everybody um, kind of considers week 14 the start of the playoffs. But realistically, in a week uh, – Week 12, uh, there was 300 teams that, that had a chance to win $300,000. And, uh, you know, a lot of those teams had to win the championship game to make it. You know, and unfortunately, uh, you know, what, what should those scores count for? And, uh, you know, everybody has a different opinion. And I, I really, I, I, I could carry which way they do it, but that's the way the rules are. And, you know, if they change it to last year, the year before, I mean, that's just the structure they go by. I, I, have to, I don't care. But I, the only thing that I was pointing out is if you want to, look forward to a, a three-team playoff, right? It's, uh, it's something that was never, I mean, never done before. To have, so to have an average score for the first 13 weeks, you know, the, the gap number they're looking for for week 14 is actually the gap number in week 11 that you start with. Every team's probably within 20 points, but you're, you're moving the score forward to week 14. So teams that struggle in uh, – you know, 12 and 13 are, are looking now, you know, because it's in the heat of the battle, they're looking for, a, you know, you know, if they did it another way, looking for a life raft so their season would, you know, still have a chance. I mean, but, you know, should those weeks 12 and 13 really count towards the overall championship? And, um, you know, when I first started playing in, in the World Championship Fantasy Football, I always thought that, you know, the first 11, 11 weeks are, are against your league. Every league is different. Some leagues are going to be strong and some are going to be weaker. So there's an ability for some teams to put some really large, good scores up. But when week 12 starts, you know, nobody can pick up any players. Everybody starts even playing forward. So five weeks is a grind. It's tough. It's tough to win $300,000. You've got to beat a lot of teams. You have to put up scores sure. for, for five weeks. So, you know, is three, three weeks, you know, a true test, a short run? You know, should, I, I don't know. And I, I really, like I said, I really don't care either way. But, you know, in the past, you know, the team that really did the best for those, you know, one-third of the football season was playoffs, you know, was the one that was rewarded with a nice $300,000 prize. But, you know, that's just my opinion. Like I said, I don't – whatever scoring system, I'm not, you know, whatever. But in, in general of any of the high-stakes games, if there's any rules discussion – I'm usually in the NFFC boards. I'm definitely in the NFBC boards. But, you know, in the football, when they discussed all this stuff in March, I didn't really, you know, I could care. I mean, it's fair either way, whatever. That's what it is. And, you know, it's just math who wins at the end. So, but I was just well, making the, you know, the reference to the numbers, you know, and that was my point. Yeah, and I, and I appreciate you, you coming on and bringing both sides because I, I don't have a dog in the fight. But when I look at it, you know, side by side, you know, if we think about WCFF history, uh, Mike and and I don't know if you if you have have looked into this as much as no. we have since we played in it, but WCFF had a uh, where where your championship week you had a one week championship and it didn't even count. It was a championship game and everybody was like, man, you got to at least have it count somewhere. I don't care if, if you count the championship bracket or you count in the average standings, count it somewhere. And I think they kind of decided to you know go ahead and count that in the average standings. And then they went to a four team playoff this year which is a very good twist for them, and, and I think it makes sense to do. And, and there's, there's people on both sides of the fence, but I think the majority of us players appreciate that fact. And so now they have a 14 playoff, and, and now you've got two weeks. What do you do with these both weeks? Well, I don't know where the decision – Sean, were you involved in – are you were you on any type of committee that, that maybe uh, helped with these tweaks now that the 14 playoff was introduced? Uh, no, I wasn't in any discussions. I, I tell you the truth, I didn't really even know – 
until like probably a month ago, King of Queens talked about it. I probably read it, didn't think much of it, didn't really absorb it. You know, it, you know, it's it's basically uh, something that you know, until you get there, you know, don't worry about it. You know what I mean, kind of idea. Yeah, that's kind of how it, that's kind of how it hit most of us. So, do you acknowledge that the 13 week average would would be a better way to go in your opinion going forward? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's, it's better. You know, it, 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 you know, when you can't pick up any players, I mean, even though those player teams that are that struggle a little bit, those teams aren't going to improve in later on. So if you put up a, a, a great score, you know, the first couple weeks, and then you get a couple injuries, you know, at the end of the year, you, you might be limping in, in, but you would get a nice lead. So you know, you kind of get punished sometimes. So I, I don't know. I know the NFC and the uh, FFPC does it the other way. And uh, but they're you know each season is a little differently. Uh, is it is it better? No, I don't know. It just changes the shorter time period. You know, probably rewards uh, you know somebody that you know post that that huge number one week. You know, if somebody could post the 220, they got a huge advantage. But uh, you know, the longer five weeks, I think is you know is a grind. I mean, a team that can can recover from struggling a little bit. But I mean, if you you know as um, Alex's team, you know, he put up put up a 98 and a 107. I mean. Sure, he's got to be disappointed. I mean, that's not what he expected with a great team, but, you know, it's tough to recover. I mean, he, he needs to put up a 200 and a 180 back-to-back to get back in the game. And is it possible? Yeah, sure. So I, I don't know. I don't know if there's any ways better than the, whatever. But, you know, I'm not opposed to doing it the other way. I'm just, you know, like I said, it, it wasn't done before. That's I was just kind of not, you know, you know. Well, I think I- – well, I think if you I think if you look at the weight, Mike, and just before you before you go on, I just want to touch on that point because if you look at the weight that that puts on that championship round, it virtually renders that bottom part of the championship bracket like never before. There's a bigger variance between the top and the bottom. If I believe, if you look at the numbers, Sean, maybe you have more in front of you, but the bottom 25 percent of the teams can't win. I mean, they're going to have a very very difficult time. If it happens, it's going to be a fluke. But in 2007, the gaps were wider because both those scores counted. Correct. Uh, weeks twelve and thirteen counted in the ad. Um, well, I, I don't know if in two thousand and seven that was a um, that was a one year that was a one year kind of experiment. I think they had right. Yeah, they used all five uh, five scores. I think that year. And the ne- the next year they averaged from uh, one to twelve, and then week thirteen counted. So you know so that was a sixteen percent variance each 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 one of those weeks was worth sixteen percent rather than the combined twenty percent. So yeah, I hear what you're saying. I believe that's how it's done. I mean, and I could be, you know, like I said, I, you know, if you're not in the show, and that year I wasn't around. Last year I, I was in the hunt, but you know, so it really, you know, unless you're in the battle, I don't remember as well. Right. Well, and they, and they moved on from that system, I think, in 2008, saying, hey, that's not, that's not a good playoff bracket. Now, Mike, you, you know as well as I do, there's lots of different ways to do championship brackets. I mean, look at the NCAA; they do one game and you're out, one game and you're out, all the way to 64. Now. That's not the world yeah, championship, but yeah. you know, I, I, you know, I feel fr- frustration uh, because it's it's very uh, it's frustrating to be in in a position to where you feel like you should be in and you're not, and uh, you know, I don't know. I the, the only way I can fix this thing that I can think of is uh, just uh, total points mean so much right. in fantasy football. And right. you have to go by total points, uh, you know, well, any tiebreaker or any whatever. But uh, <laughs> Mike, Mike, here's here's the here's the deal though. Here's the deal. You dominate for 11 weeks of the regular season. Uh, week 12, you're in your championship game, in one of your semifinal games, 
and you get bounced out. But you're still in the top ten of 900 teams in this thing, okay? You're top ten, top 15 right. out of 900 teams. You get bounced out of your league title. But due to your points being so high, they take those, those teams, they put them into the championship bracket. Uh, when the championship bracket starts is actually week 14, but they take week 12 and 13 points, couple those together, and make that a pretty significant score like in your it. championship bracket. It, it, I don't it's like rather it. unique. It's, uh, it's, I, it's, it's I just do, one of those things. I, 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 I there's, do not there's people like on both sides you, of the you, Well, you know, uh, you know, it, it's like uh, you, you're playing hard for the playoffs, and once you get the playoffs, like you said, uh, 12, 13, week 12, 11, 12, 13, whatever, uh, but you've worked hard all year long to get to right. this point and to, to let week, 12, thir- week 11, 12, 13 determine what happens. I don't know. Well, and, and it, that was my point on the boards that I brought up, Mike. You've got teams that were like ranked 400, even 500, that got into the into the playoffs based on their week 12 and 13, had a great week. Maybe they had a Jonathan Stewart sitting on their, you know, on their team and they were able to put him in the lineup. Well, that one week catapults them up to the top of the race for the championship for the 300,000 while well, you've got me, a team that's 15th overall that maybe had a couple of bad weeks in 12 and 13, but still overall points are, are much higher. They're at the bottom of that championship race. It does well, create an interesting dilemma. It, it, it is very interesting dilemma. And uh, furthermore, how many uh, wildcard teams have won the Super Bowl? How many wildcard teams have won the uh, major league yeah, uh, playoffs? You get hot. So, Yep. Yeah. Well, Sean, I'll give you the last word on the on the on the topic. Anything that we that we've left out? Uh, not much. But I, I think that um, over the next three weeks, that um, you'll find that the um, you know uh, the teams that you know had that hot spurt for a couple of weeks will probably average out. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you know one of the top you know twenty twenty teams, thirty teams ends up winning it. And you know it, you know it's a factor, but it's not a huge factor when it's all said and done. Well, we I are got- definitely. Yep. Scott, real quick, uh, I want to give uh, a shout-out to Sean. Uh, first off, he's got to be number one on red versus blue on the call-in as the best one that called in uh, throughout the entire year of 2009. What do you think? <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but, hey, you know, you guys do a great job, and, uh, and uh, you guys got a lot, of, uh, a lot of decisions to make for the rest of uh, for week 14, so I wish you guys luck. All right, Sean Childs from CC Desperados uh, coming on board to talk about the World Championship of Fantasy Football. Thanks, Sean, for coming on. We always appreciate you uh, on the show. Mike, I tell you, it's just a, it's a very controversial subject. We welcome calls on the subject. We can extend the show if we have to because we've got a very uh, popping uh, chat room right now. The, the crew at Red vs. Blue is, is uh, helping out with Who Do I Starts. That's kind of our agenda, uh, Mike, but um, this, is, this is the high-stakes world of fantasy football we're talking about, and there's some very – very controversial things going on right now with the way the $300,000 are going to be uh, distributed this year, and, and we're just going to have to see what happens. I mean, I know there's going to be some teams yeah. very upset, very upset if for whatever reason that week 12 and 13 ends up costing them, and it's a new rule twist that really kind of went undiscovered. It wasn't, a, it wasn't announced. I know next year I'm sure what they're going to do is they're going to take all changes, put them onto a fact sheet, and they're going to say, here are the changes from last year to this year, so you don't have to read the full thing again. You've been in it for seven years. Look, here, here's the fact sheet. Here's what's going to happen. And, and Mike, you know, I mean, if knowing this, if they didn't change the rules, if you don't draft for weeks 12 and 13, you don't have a prayer at 300000 Now, look, I didn't even know it. I didn't even look at it, and I was worried that I wasn't going to win my league. I was tired of losing in my, in my league championship type, uh, you know, getting, up, getting there and not being able to do it. So I drafted for those weeks. I just happened to draft for those weeks. I drafted Warner over right. Romo. 
I drafted LT over D Will, and I said, sure. you know what? I'm going to pray that those two guys get me with there because week 12 and 13, I love the matchups. But that was just coincidence. I had no idea it was going to come down to this. And if it doesn't get changed, people are going to have to you're going to have to draft differently based on this rule. So I've got another call from the 212, Mike. I've got to take it. I, I know you got a lot more to go say, ahead, but go this, ahead, go this, ahead. Is, this, is, this is high stakes. 212, you're on the air. Hey, what's up, Scott? It's Alex. The Alex Taganowski, uh, the, 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 the said participant in this discussion. <laughs> Alex, I'm going to give you the floor, man. What do you got to say about this topic that you haven't said already? Well, first of all, I wasn't going to call. I wasn't going to bring it up. I wasn't going to post it on the boards. I was done with that. I posted it. Uh, my motivation was obviously my personal experience with what happened. But I think anyone who says that it's about me, that it's about my team, it's about what happened to my team has no idea what my point was. And my point sure. was that, you know, I'm in this game for eight years, just like you are, just like a couple other people, you know, a few other people are. So, you know, I, I've been following this thing. You know, I, I, I know... I know how these, uh, you know, how the formats are, and I, I'm fully aware. I'm fully aware of what works and what doesn't work, and uh, and I'm just talking about my experience as a player. Never mind my my experience with the FFPC, which really has nothing to do with this, by the way. So, you know, we, we've done this. We went through the, uh, you know, the 11-week average, the 12-week average, and and the, you know, the 11 plus 12-week uh, uh, format which was completely scrapped after 2007, okay? I mean, sure. I'm talking about just scrapped from 2007 to 2008. That's the year where they decided to include the Week 12. And what they did was, similar to this year, they took the 11-week average and they added Week 12, in essence, making Week 12 the first week of the championship. Right, right, and 2007. Be, right. And what happened in 2007? Well, what happened was you had the however many teams in the championship round basically separated by 70, 80 points, or however many points to start the championship round. What did that create? That created a situation where the bottom 25 to 30% of the teams had absolutely zero chance, zero right. chance to win, to win the, the, uh, the World Series mm -hmm. of Fantasy Football. None. Right. None. They were right. eliminated. Yet they were yeah. in the championship round. Now, if anyone if anyone disagrees with the fact that they were eliminated, let me let me explain to you why they were eliminated. It, it wasn't the fact that they were down by seventy or eighty points was the reason why they were eliminated. It was because they had a hundred teams separating them and first place. So even if they scored two hundred points a game, there were so many players that were being that were over that, that were common players that they still would not be able to jump over all the other uh, teams ahead. Wouldn't of them. have a chance at them. Right. It, it just it's impossible. Yeah. Now, no. the uh, the World Series of uh, Wackoff uh, did realize that, and they scrapped the thing in 2008. They totally scrapped it because it didn't work, because it was a bad system. And what did they do? They went to the 12-week average which was the better system, and it worked well. I hear what, you, man. What happened in 2009? I, I, well, I don't think I have to go over what happened in 2009, but I think it, everyone 
everyone can see that they went back to the 2007 system. They went back to the 2007 system. I don't want to hear that it's a four-week playoff. It's the same system. It's 11-week average plus 12 and 13 instead of 11-week average plus 12. Okay? It's the same damn fail system. Okay? Now, it affected me. I know that it affected me, but it also affected 30, 40 other teams that are at the bottom that have no chance of winning. None. They're eliminated. They went to, the, they went to a strip joint blindfolded. They got it led into a strip <laughs> joint, and they said, you come in, you come in, and you feel your way around, but you can't touch and you can't see. All right? So that's what I'm doing, and that's what the other 30, 40 teams are doing. Alex Kaganowski uh, on Red versus Blue. It's a highly controversial subject right now. The high-stakes players have spoken. They want change. Uh, I think that's uh, the majority of the owners uh, do want change. There's several owners that are giving both sides of the perspective uh, for balance, but for the most part, most uh, most of the high-stakes players, the veterans that have been with it, um, might uh, you know do side with this now. And, and Alex, I know you you try to separate yourself from being an owner uh, of the FFPC and and being a veteran of the eight-year uh, experience here at the World Championship. But you uh, were in a situation where I watched it. You were top five, top ten, top 15 all year, and we're talking about, uh, for whatever reason, weeks 12 and 13, before the brackets are even out, have now put you in a tremendous hole, and basically you're giving up. You, you see that the odds are so stacked against you that if you have a good week, obviously there's going to be many other teams above you that are also going to have good weeks rendering you uh, with no chance. Yeah, I mean, look, my team is done. I have no chance. And, and I fully understand that had, had we, if we were back in 2006 or whatever year it was, and week 13 was the first year of the championship, and I scored 117, I would have been in the same position. I fully understand that. But we're not in 2006. We're in 2009. Right. Okay. I agree. We're in 2009. We're in a completely different situation where we've changed the format. And by the way, if the if the motivation, the motivation for this format was to maintain a, a longer championship round. In other words, since the the actual championship round was was now uh, cut down to three weeks, 14, 15, 16. So if the motivation was to kind of prolong the championship round and and, and uh, uh, make 12, weeks 12 and 13 so much more important. I mean, shouldn't that have been something that was, you know, at least discussed, acknowledged, you know, along together with uh, introducing the four-week playoff? And right, saying, yeah. Look, guys, we're introducing the four-week playoff. We're going to cut the three-week cha- the championship from four weeks to three weeks. But this is what we're going to do, okay? We're going to do this 11-plus you know, 11-week average plus 12 and 13, and what that's going to do is that's basically going to uh, uh, create a big gap between, right. you know, the top teams and the bottom teams. But, it's going to double know, It's going to double the importance of weeks yeah, 12 and 13. Exactly. It's going to well, double there, the importance. There, you're going to lose you're going to lose you're going to either lose a win or money in week 12 and 13, and you're also going to basically either put yourself in a position, you know, to continue in the championship round or basically be out of it. You know? Well, and, uh, Alex, I hear what you're saying. There's no way we can go into week 17. First off, uh, you know, to do it in uh, 13, 14, 15, and then maybe even week 16. That's at, at a stretch. So uh, I, I think what's being done is is the right thing, in my opinion. 
Well, 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 Mike, here's, here's the problem. Again, week 12 and 13 are now double jeopardy. They not only cost you the, the chance at the league money, which is really what you play for. You've got to get your investment back. I played second in my league, didn't even get my money back. And, you know, 1500 But I know those rules going in. You know, you, you know and, and I didn't well, score I mean, I, to make the championship bracket. Hold on, Mike, just a second. Uh, 14, 15, 16 is now the playoffs. And I can understand WCFF's point of view. I don't know if it's Jesse, Dustin, the whole team. But, look, they said, look, 14, 15, 16 is a very short playoff. We don't want to make it so significant that those individual weeks count uh, for everything. So they did something to, to counterbalance that without thinking about weeks 12 and 13 as a double jeopardy like type it. thing. My, I think a valid solution here to, to, to solve both parties that say they don't want to put too much weight on 14, 15, 16 and not too much weight on 12 and 13 is to take weeks 1 through 13 and give that, like, double double value. Maybe you give week well, 1 through 13, make it worth 40%, Alex. If you make 1 through 13 worth 40, the rest of the weeks will work 60. What do you think about that? Is that too heavy? Well, I, I, look, you you know what, the way I, as I posted on the boards, uh, I was under the impression, and, you know, I, uh, look, I didn't read the – I, that's an, this is a, that's another different uh, you know I, I guess topic altogether. The fact that uh, you know this this is something that I think a lot of us and I think you included Scott and myself sure. uh, found out about uh, uh, you know what two weeks ago or a week and a half ago. Now that is in no you know in uh, that is completely my own my own fault that I just found sure. out about it. But you know the point the point that I was trying to make earlier uh, on the message board was. You know, such a major format change should have, you know, should have been addressed. And you know, I, I'm not blaming anyone, you know, for me not knowing in advance. But again, you know, it's just something that should have been advanced. Whether it's, you know, whether it was a 13-week well, week yeah. average or whether it was an 11 plus 12 or whatever. Or, or let's put it this way, Scott. You know, you meant you talk about Dustin and Jesse. You know what they what their intention was. Uh, you know, as far as with with, with this format. You know, I don't want to talk about that so just as Jesse. They're not here to defend themselves, but I have no idea what their what their intention was. I, Alex, I don't think anybody uh, knows know, what, I, their, what their intention was. The the, I, the current format was presented without explaining what the intention was. Now the four week playoff, yes, they did explain that, but they didn't explain why they did the eleven week average plus twelve and thirteen. They didn't. Nobody explained that. Nobody knew what the intention is. Well, well, some some I need to understand is was that uh, presented uh, right away? Uh, you know, yeah, in a new format. Just, yeah, look, there's no, there is, there's no quarrel with with you know the fact that the rules are rules. Okay, the rules are rules. Nobody's expecting the rules to be changed. Right. Okay, the rules are rules. We right. all we all signed up for it. We signed the application. Rules are rules. Okay, there's no issue there. Okay, but it's just. We're just, you know, we're, we're trying to. I'm trying to think back. I'm trying to understand this, and I and I I can't understand right. it. I can't understand it. Well, and, you know, I have and, and and Sean Sean is on the boards that I'm, you know, here on your show, trying to explain it. You know, again, I, you know, I like Sean. You know, he's a great player, but I don't. Quite honestly, I don't even understand why he's defending it so much. Why he's made it such a. I mean, I don't even know how he's involved in this. I mean, this is a personal issue for me because I got slammed by this. So. Obviously, I got myself involved. I don't quite understand why Sean is being so defensive. Well, Alex, Alex, in my opinion, don't don't feel like you're being slammed by or by Sean or anybody no, no, else. No, he's not uh, slamming me. He's not slamming me. I'm saying I'm, I got slammed by the format. Right, right, right. And I understand that. Uh, it's just the format. It seems like every league I'm in, 
you know, in, in about week seven or eight, you pretty much, you know, this is just me. You just have to check in the league rules. And, of course, Alex, I mean, you're, I mean, you're much better at this than I am, but you know, you just got to check on each and every one of them and understand the rules. And uh, I think they'll address that. I think they'll address that from from all the feedback this year. There will be a summary or a fact sheet, but this has been such a hot topic. We're, we're going to come right back in 60 seconds. Alex, stay with us. Hi, this is Greg Kellogg. You know the routine. It's Friday night. You're looking over your lineup. It's either Lavernius Coles versus the Browns or Lance Moore versus the Falcons. I'm a serious fantasy player, and regular fantasy advice just won't do. I need to know, without a doubt, that the fantasy advice I'm getting makes sense. That's why I listen to Red vs. Blue Fantasy Sports Radio. Catch Scott Atkins in the Red vs. Blue Crew chat room every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for those difficult-to-make lineup decisions. I'll be there. Will you? All right, Mike, Alex, we're back on Red vs. Blue. We needed to take a break and regroup. Man, this has been a hot topic. Alex, I'm going to give you the last word on the subject, and we got to move on. What do we? Where do we go from here? What are we, what are we looking for? Well, what I'm looking for is to play in a contest that you know that that gives some thought to what it, to to the format that it's presenting to its players. And I believe that this is, and I posted this, and I and I believe it that this format was presented with not that much thought behind it. And and, and I think that if if thought had been given. I think they, were, they would have went to a 13-week average. I think that's what they. I think that was the logical progression of things, being that the previous year they had a 12-week average, and I think they introduced, you know, the 13-week playoff. Uh, I'm sorry, the the, the four-week playoff. They went into week 13 with a four-week playoff, and the logical progression should have been going to a 13-week playoff. And I would bet dollars to donuts that's what happens next year. Well, and we're going to look forward to it, Alex. Thanks for uh, coming on and, and presenting your side. Actually, we've got a caller from the 857. 857, you're on Red versus Blue. 857, are you with us? Uh, he's breaking up. He might want to try back. Alex, man, again, it was uh, thanks for coming on, and we'll uh, we'll we'll stay posted on this. We're going to be watching, and it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be one of those one of those uh, championship brackets that we're not going to soon forget. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, man. Alex Kaganowski, owner of the Fantasy Football Players Championship, but more importantly, a player, Mike, uh, one of the best high-stakes players we've seen uh, in our seven, eight years of, of high-stakes fantasy football. He's always there, doing a good job, uh, one, of, one of the best, man, at, uh, at lineup decisions. I, I consult the guy on, on uh, you know, occasionally when, when I'm looking for, you know, who do I start to myself. And, and, I mean, he's part of the Red versus Blue crew here. We've got guys in the playoffs right now, Mike, Invictus Peasy, 16th overall in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Uh, UFFC, Russ Steele, number one overall in the FFPC Championship. Chad Schroeder, winner of the FFPC last year. He's also in the Players Championship, 45th overall. And uh, these guys, I mean, Wayne Ellis has been in the chat on our show. He's in the World Championship. Alice is in the World Championship. We've got a lot of a lot of uh, proven professionals that are in the crew, and, and they help out whenever uh, they can on uh, on Red versus Blue. Mike, I'm telling you, you, you can feel – the tension in the room. You can cut it with a knife when we're talking about yeah. this subject. And and you guys can check out all the discussion over at the World Championship of Fantasy Football message. Well, I, you know, I love the discussion about it, and uh, I love Alex. He's very uh, adamant and very passionate about what he's talking about uh, as far as uh, what's going on with the rules and things like that. But uh, 
you know, I just had to throw my two cents worth in. And uh, so, you know, that's about all i got to say on that. Uh, you know, I, I, I love Alex, and I love what he does with uh, FFPC and, or uh, FFPC. And, you, you know, I, I mean, I love it. But uh, Well, everybody, you know, I, you're going to fall on both sides, and there's there's plenty of discussion. You can get caught up with it, Mike, and, and you'll you'll know exactly what's, uh, what the issue is, and you'll be able to – to bring your uh, opinion to the table, I'm very interested in what you think about that. It's it's a definitely a definitely a subject that we have not heard the end of. So uh, let's get right to the games, Mike. This is what we love to do. Uh, I went ahead and extended the show because we did spend about 40 minutes on that topic. I went ahead and extended the show. Red versus blue is going to go 90 minutes tonight. We're going to go all the way to 12:30. If you can make it and hang out with us, we're going to be here for you because we just got too much content to get through in about 25 minutes, Mike. Um, I tell you what, what I'm really interested in is. You know, I'm looking at these teams, and, and I'm trying to figure out who's going to win this thing, and I'm looking at the FFPC, and I'll tell you what, i got one team that i got my eye on, and obviously I'm rooting for my guys in the Red versus Blue crew, you know, Invictus and Russ and Chad and all these guys, but i tell you what, there's a team in the FFPC that I'm looking at very hard, and Mike, you know him far too well uh, in one of your leagues. Uh, it's Team Thompson. Team uh, Thompson. Team Thompson. He's a, uh, yep. he's a professional. He's been in it as long as I think we all have here. Listen to this lineup in the FFPC. Uh, Donovan McNabb is the starting quarterback with Matt Hasselback as a backup. He's got Chris Johnson and Frank Gore as his running backs. That's all you really need in the FFPC format. You can play a lot of different positions. Uh, he's got a, a mix, an interesting mix of wide receiver. Nothing too strong here, actually. Donald Driver, Roy Williams. Uh, Devon Best, Santana Moss, nothing really spectacular there. But here's where it gets interesting, and it's, again, it's exploitation of the FFPC rules. He's got Antonio Gates. He's got Dallas Clark, and he's got Vernon Davis. Now, Mike, only in the FFPC can you start every week three tight ends. And he starts every week. He lines them up. Antonio Gates and his two flex are Dallas Clark, and Vernon Davis. He also has well, Michael Finley on the bench. He's got four tight ends, but he can only start three of them. And those types of points, when you're getting one and a half points per reception, that team, coupled with Gore and Chris Johnson and McNabb, all you need are two wide receivers, maybe Driver, and I mean he's as good as anybody. But and then you and then you figure out who's hot. Is it Roy Williams? Is it Devon Fest? That that one position might hurt him a little bit. But other than that, Mike, that team looks loaded for bear. Yeah, it does, it does, Scott. And uh, the the other thing about it is we've been talking over and over again about how much uh, tight ends were. I mean, they were so irrelevant four yeah. years ago. Right now, they are very relevant, and he's using it to his advantage. And I don't blame him. I mean, you know, if he can start two, start them. If he can start three, tight ends, start them. Why not? I mean, you know, if you have those type of players – uh, they can get you uh, the type of points that you need, start them. Well, and I, and I think that's just kind of nice to see in the FFPC. You like to see somebody trying to exploit the rules here and try to try to win with the rules that, you know, that are in place. Now, another team that's interesting is Nimrod, this Kip Lockwood's team. Uh, that team is Carson Palmer, yep. uh, which is, you know, solid. Vince Young is a backup, a little bit questionable this week. We're going to talk about him. But he's got Adrian Peterson and Beanie Wells and Tim Hightower. And Willis McGahee, so he's got Donald Brown, another guy there. But he's got uh, Chad Ochocinco, Roddy White, Donald Driver, Nate Burleson. He can go four deep if he has to there. And then he's got Dallas Clark. 
as his tight end. Very loaded from top to bottom, along with Minnesota Vikings yep. and Akers. I mean, he's very solid. That's a team that I'm telling you has that type of potential that we could see the next Chad Schroeder crown, the next $75,000 winner at the FFPC. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at some teams, and, and I'm just trying to get a feel for who I think is going to jump up. So my two teams that I'm that I'm kind of keeping my eye on are, are 20th place Don Thompson of Team Thompson and 28th place Nimrod, Kip Lockwood. There's a couple of teams there. I have not went through all the teams. There's a lot of them on here. And, you know, I like my, my Jason Tapley, Bada Bingers. He's one of, uh, one of my friends there. Ryan Houston, the fan ball. You want to check out this team? Ryan Houston's got a heck of a squad, and we'll have to see what he can do with it. He's got Kurt Warner, Brett Favre. He's got Felix Jones, Rashard Mendenhall, Jonathan Stewart. Kind of weak at the running backs, but listen to these wideouts, Mike. Roddy White, Wes Welker, Terrell Owens, Larry Fitzgerald, Percy Harvin. Have you ever heard of a wide receiver crew that solid? Well, Did he- you know, that's a, that, that sounds like a solid crew, but also it sounds like a uh, Percy Harvin that may not start this week. It sounds well, like can, a running back yeah. crew that's in trouble. Yeah, running back crew's in trouble, but he can go Fitz, T.O., Welker, and Roddy White. I don't think you'll ever see a four, a starting four wide receivers better than that. And he, like I said, Who's he's going to go Roddy White. You know, the funny thing is, though, he's got Chris Jennings uh, as a running back. Now, I don't know how he had any foresight on Chris Jennings, but he's got Chris Jennings who, if you look at this strength of schedule, Cleveland has the third easiest schedule the rest of the way. Matter of fact, the number one schedule in week 15 and 16 is owned by Cleveland and Chris Jennings, and he looked kind of big and beefy. I mean, he was a, he looked like he had a, oh, he, some mass. He, he, ran, he, he ran tall and strong. He, you know what? He kind of looked like, I'm not making comparisons here, but I'm going to, Eric Dickerson. That's Uh-oh. what he looked like. Uh-oh. Come I on, mean, he, Oh, them knees were high. I mean, it wasn't, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, he the the knees were high. He was looking strong, and he looked very strong. Well, three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. I want to give a shout out to Mark Ronick and the guys that blog uh, talk radio and the Fantasy Sports Channel dot com. Uh, they're streaming live on the Fantasy Roger Sports Chris, Channel tonight. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, but we are if you if you want to listen to our show, you're going to have to come to our show page and listen to the ninety minutes because we do not run over on the Fantasy Sports Channel. They're going to be down. We're only going to be down for sixty minutes. Um, on the Fantasy Sports Channel. So if you're listening there, you're going to have to come back to our show page and listen to that overtime 30 minutes that we're going to do here at the end of the hour. Hey, Scott, um, Scott yep. real quick, I, I just want to comment. Uh, I really appreciate uh, Alex uh, speaking out, uh, you know, speaking his point of view uh, tonight. Oh, great. And uh, that was awesome. I mean, that was really cool. Well, we're lucky uh, cooler heads prevailed there because I, I know, man, when you, when you work so hard and, and look at the pride you take, okay, when you look at the leaderboard and you see yourself up there all year right. and you're just kind right. of strategizing all year, all i got to do is stay healthy, all i got to do is take, keep making moves to, to get into the playoffs, and, and I have a solid chance this year at winning the 300 grand, and you do everything you need to do. And, you know, weeks 12 and 13, if they were just part of your weekly uh, average before the playoffs, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But when you give that much impact, and he had a couple of down weeks, don't get me wrong, uh, and he's not right. the only team affected by this. Plenty of teams are affected. Uh, but when well, you have a couple of down weeks and you Sean. see it, you see it crumble like that, Sean. man. It's, Sean it's, as well, uh, you know, just checking in and uh, just expressing his point of view. And, uh, you know, sure. like you said, Scott, I mean, that's what makes it fun. And, you know, they need their voices need to be heard, and we appreciate that. Yep. All right, well, here we go. We've got uh, we've we've got all the injury decisions here uh, that that, that um, have been made. Uh, obviously, Jake Delone's out. Sanchez is out. Bulger, all these guys are out. Stafford is now out uh, with Culpepper stepping in. Let's see what that does uh, for Calvin Johnson. 
Mike, you asked me earlier who's going to throw to Roddy White. Well, we know who's throwing to Roddy White. It's Chris Redman, and he did it very successfully last week. There's nothing you can really knock on the guy. Roddy with a huge week, nine catches, 104 yards, and a touchdown. That's versus Philly, okay? And they're going to be behind in that, in that team, especially when you don't have a running game. With Turner out, Snelling didn't do anything last week, 10 for 35. I'll tell you what. Uh, Roddy White, if you have him, he's going to make a big impact in your in your championship squad. I really like that. They have a tough game this week against New Orleans. It's in Atlanta. Mike, does New Orleans move on, and does their undefeated streak move on? Well, you know, that's very questionable. Uh, I think that New Orleans moves on. Uh, Chris Redman, he's going to be able to get Roddy White uh, because that's his pretty much only receiver. Um uh, but uh, New Orleans, they've got so many weapons. Uh, you know, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Henderson? I mean, you know, which which guys are going to be? Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's going to it, it could be anybody. It, it's definitely Drew Brees. And I tell you what, Mike, you're you're, you're asking me who it's going to be. Meacham, Robert Meacham is my star of the playoffs. Is my I mean, he's looking fantastic. Eight for one forty-two last week in a touchdown and that huge play. And the touchdown. The and the touchdown. You know, honestly, Scott, I had a I had a, a message that was asking should Henderson get or should Meacham get credit for yeah. the touchdown. Meacham, Meacham only got credit uh, in the FFPC. He got credit, uh, Meacham got credit in the FFPC for the touchdown. Actually, I believe he got credit all over. It was the defense uh, that, that FFPC gave uh, at New Orleans credit for. Uh, New Orleans right. got the credit for the defensive touchdown, even though the defense wasn't on the field. Uh, it's, it's one of well, those rules that are already in place. Well, in my, in my opinion, it should have been that way. New Orleans, they lost the ball. So it yep. was a New Orleans defense defense that ran it in. So, um, I mean, I'm glad that Meacham did it, but it was New Orleans defense that should have got credit. And that's why I said well, well that. It, it's definitely it depends on your league rules, and it's very important, again, to read the rules. Um, yep. But uh, in that game with New Orleans, you know, Pierre, I don't know what the situation is here. I'm a big fan of Pierre Thomas, but they're not used to him the way I think to, they need to. Yep. He had eight catches last week for 64 yards, but only six carries for eight for 18 yards. Bell is getting all the carries, 16 carries, and he's questionable this week. I think he is going to play. He's been playing through this pain uh, pretty much all, you know, all the last couple of weeks. He didn't practice on Thursday, didn't practice on Friday, which is with a knee injury, maybe maybe somebody has some up-to-date information for me on whether or not Mike Bell plays, but Reggie Bush is back in the fold. And again, Pierre's just not getting the carries, and I think this guy can really carry the ball. They're just not utilizing him like I thought they would, but again, they're undefeated. You can't you can't fault them. It's working. Um, Mike, let's talk about a, a, a couple of a players here that if you're in a pinch and you're trying to figure out who you're going to start, there's a couple of players that I really like going down the stretch. Okay? This first game, Buffalo Bills at Kansas City Chiefs, you're talking about two of the worst rushing defenses in the league. Buffalo's 32, Kansas City's 28. You've got Jamal Charles in this game that is a must start, and Charles actually is, has the best matchups going forward. Uh, for the rest of the year, uh, he plays Buffalo, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. Now, Cincinnati's been pretty tough. That's a little bit different. But if you add up those matchups, Jamal Charles has a very nice schedule going down the road. Get him in your lineup. If you're thinking about uh, using him versus somebody else, Charles is definitely a way to go this week, Mike. They just absolutely gashed Buffalo Bills on the ground. The other side of the so, ball, uh, and I'll let so, you comment, so, so, Mike. 
Yeah. So you want to you want to talk you want to start uh, Jamal Charles against Cleveland, who shut Mendenhall down. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, that's an offensive line issue with with Pittsburgh. We know that. We'll talk about them a little bit later. That's Pittsburgh is dismantling. I mean, Cleveland definitely came to play on a cold night. Everything worked. The stars were right, and uh, the Pittsburgh offensive line proved it to you, Mike. They allowed eight sacks on uh, on Roethlisberger. It's a young offensive line. They've got lots of problems. Buffalo Bills have Marshawn Lynch with a big week last week against the Jets. That touchdown showed me something from Marshawn. He only had eight carries, 60 yards and a touchdown. But if they let this guy kind of get back in the flow, Mike, this is the type of game that Marshawn Lynch can have a big game against when you're facing the 28th rushing defense in the league in Kansas City. You can put Buffalo, you can put Marshawn Lynch in your lineup, don't you think? Yeah. Well, uh, I, I think I would go with a couple other options. Uh, MJD, uh, some others, like uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> We'll take MJD over Marshawn any day of the week. How's that? I agree with you. Let's move on to the next game. Carolina Panthers at the New England Patriots. Carolina is the 26th uh, rushing defense in the league. But who's going to rush the ball in New England, Mike? Is it going to be Maroney? Is it going to be Sammy Morris? Is it going to be Kevin Falk? Maroney led the team last week with 13 carries. But who is going to move forward in this game? Well, I tell you what, Scott, this is very interesting because for the first time in, in the Hoodies era, I've ever seen players come out and say, I'm upset with the Hoodie. The Hoodie is, uh, I don't think he's gaining the respect that he that he's gotten in the past. Uh, I would say Maroney. Maroney's got to be your guy in New England. Yeah, I think so, too. I think this is a game that you come back, and, and you do see a healthy Sammy Morris here, but I think this is a Maroney-type game in New England. They're going to give him the ball, and everybody runs against Carolina. Do not be afraid to start uh, Lawrence Maroney in this game. I think he gets at least 15 carries. So if you're looking for, you know, fifth, uh, you know, a type of guy that can get you, you know, 70 yards, 70, 80 yards at least in this game and a touchdown, I think Lawrence Maroney is your guy. The other interesting situation is, oh, my gosh, Mike, Tom Brady, if he's out, what happens with this team? He's questionable right now. He did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. And he did limited uh, have a limited practice on Friday, but this is a huge blow for a team that no way they sit Tom Brady out. Just no way. Well, that, that's what was said last week. And, uh, you know, he played. And what happened? They lost. Uh, you know, he played He played a, a fine game, but uh, the defense ended up giving it up uh, to Miami. Uh, this team has problems. This team has real problems right now, Scott. And uh, – you know, it's going to be hard for me to start anybody off that team other than Randy Moss. Randy Moss is the only player off that team that I would start like that. Okay, so you don't start Wes Welker. He's the hottest player in the league over the last four weeks. I right. think you got to add him to the mix too, don't you, bud? Yeah, well, you have to, but uh, – Yeah, four, you know, 40 catches for 485 yards the last four weeks. Now, if it's a touchdown league, you can't put him in there because he doesn't score. But 40 catches for 485, he's in my lineup. <laughs> I just, you know, New England is in disarray. Yeah, well, uh, let's move on to the next game. Cincinnati Bengals at Minnesota Vikings. I know you love this game, Mike. This is the defensive yeah. special of the week. And your 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 hometown, uh, your local boys there, Cincinnati, number four defense in the league against the 21st-ranked Minnesota pass defense, number one rushing defense. But, Mike, how do you see this game going? 
Well, I tell you what, I, I see uh, Cincinnati being able to pound it out uh, quite a few times. Uh, Minnesota, they're they're an upset team. I think I think Minnesota's going to win the game. Looking forward, uh, a guy like Cedric Benson at Minnesota at San Diego in Week 15, yeah. and then versus Kansas City in Week mm. 16. This is setting up for Cedric Benson. If you have him on your team to move forward and to you know yeah. to make bad bad matchup this week, but I could. Yeah, he, he's but, definitely I mean, got a, he's I mean, got a couple of good matchups you know, the next couple of weeks. This week's matchup, and he's gone against every matchup. So is the Bengals. The the uh, Baltimore supposedly was the best defense. Yeah, Pittsburgh supposedly was the best defense. What did Benson yep. do? He ran yep. right over him. So sure. I can't wait to see what he does against Minnesota. I tell you what, guys, I know that we've got a lot of betters in the house here tonight. I tell you, I like Cincinnati as a nice prop, a nice future to win the AFC. I think they have a legitimate chance. I really do. I think they're being overlooked right now. And San Diego's obviously the hot team along with the Colts. But Cincinnati has a legitimate shot. Why? Because of this defense. Okay? They're the fourth best defense in the league. But listen to this. I looked up something over the last six weeks, seven weeks here. Ten points allowed to Chicago, seven points allowed to Baltimore, 12 to Pittsburgh, 20 to Oakland. That was kind of an aberration there. Seven to Cleveland and 13 to Detroit. They are shutting down offenses for four full quarters. There's not a bad quarter going on here in this Cincinnati defense. Now, the rest of their schedule is tough. That's one thing about it, Scott, that that people uh, overlook is how good Cincinnati's defense is. Uh, I heard an interview with uh, Carson Palmer Carson was like, uh, they asked him, why don't you throw the ball downfield more? He said, I don't have to. I don't have to. We got ball control offense. Uh, We're having fun with it. And uh, we just do what we need to do. Uh, We'll we'll pick up our third downs and go from there and let the defense do the rest. So the defense is doing the job in Cincinnati. Yeah, there's a a, a discussion going on in the Colts right now. I'm like, man, I've lived here for 10 years. For some reason, Indy's not the best playoff team i've lived here like i said for 10 years and there's and i've seen fantastic regular seasons by the colts and we always get our hopes up and it's oh yeah they these colts fans up here they get so cocky and they're so oh this is the best team oh we can't you know i'm so and, and every year in the well, playoff, i don't know what's wrong with the colts right them. now somebody tell me what's them. wrong with the colts well you don't have bob sanders and if you can't stop the run there's going to be some troubles and and we're going to see what they can do against the run Coming up here very soon. They're 18th right now against the run coming up, and, and they've got some games uh, showing up. This Denver team is going to be no joke. Look at what Denver's bringing to town. It's no Sean Moreno. And here's a guy that I really like, Mike. I think this big-time playmaker that Denver had hoped for when they acquired him with that 9 first-round pick, he's run for at least 80 yards in four consecutive weeks, and he scored three touchdowns over that time. I mean, I saw him last week. He had his best game of the season, and even though it was against the Chiefs, you've got to like, and owners of, of Moreno have got to like his increasing presence in that Denver game plan. I think you can safely start Moreno going forward, especially this coming week against the Hobble Colts D, and in two weeks he gets Oakland. No Sean Moreno, Mike. What do you think about No Sean? Hey, that sounds good. I mean, you know, when you break it down to uh... – what is going to go against uh, against Indy this week, and then Oakland, and then uh, moving forward from that, um, no 
Rochelle Moreno is going to be tough. Philly. Uh, I think yeah, it's Philly. Well, Philly? Ooh. Yeah, well, Philly. Week that's 16. Indy's run D has been very weak the past couple of weeks, giving up a lot of yards to Baltimore and Houston, New England, and even Tennessee. I mean, obviously well, Tennessee. See, well, see, what, the, what, I, what I like about Denver is they uh, they got off the hot start, then they lost four in a row, and Josh McDaniels and the whole team, it's almost like they – it was like, okay, we'll be okay. And, you know, they moved – you know, they got over that hiccup, so to speak. And then they got they got their plan together, and they've got a plan going forward, and they're making they're making things happen in Denver. Well, and again, that's a, that's a game we're going to be looking for is no Sean Moreno here against the Colts. Wayne owners, Reggie Wayne owners, are you worried here? He's been down. I'm an owner yes, of Reggie Wayne. Me. In the last couple of weeks, Pierre Garçon's been targeted a ton. While uh, you know Wayne's just not really part of the game plan, and Peyton's taking what he what he gets, and and they've been giving Wayne some some extra coverage, and they've just been throwing to Garcon. He really believes in Pierre Garcon, and, and Wayne's kind of getting the the, the brunt of this uh, of this explosion here by Garcon. I'm a so Reggie Wayne owner, Scott. I, I'm a Reggie Wayne owner, and I am scared to death in the next yeah. couple of weeks because right. I mean he is not getting anything, and you know I. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, but, I mean, I understand their uh, offensive scheme. Uh, they want to win games. They want to continue to be undefeated, let's face it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> as a fantasy owner, it makes me kind of scared. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you there. It, it is it is very disturbing, and, and I don't know if, if, if he's slowing down or if he's got some kind of injury that he's not letting on about, but Peyton has just really not been looking his way. I've been – I've been watching the game, and he's just locked on the Garcon like he loves this guy. And you know, it's funny preseason. If you remember that uh, when we were uh, reg- before the season started, we're looking at uh, that we we heard that interview with Anthony Gonzalez, and you know yeah. he was talking about, hey, I got Anthony Gonzalez on my uh, fantasy team, and uh, what, do you, what do you, how are you going to do this year? And he said, draft Pierre Garcon. <laughs> yeah. Gonzalez said, draft Pierre Garcon. He loves that kid, and sure enough, he's really developing. He's going to be very good. Uh, in the next couple of years here with Peyton Manning. Detroit at Baltimore, Mike. Calvin Johnson finally getting back into the flow. And against a tough Cincinnati team who really never allows a, a wide receiver to do much, six for 123 and a touchdown, I think we can safely say that this is a player you're looking for to kind of pick up some steam in the playoffs. If you've held on to Calvin all this time and you somehow made it, he's got one of the best schedules coming up for any team uh, in the league right now. Detroit has uh, Green Bay. I'm sorry, uh, they have Baltimore, Arizona, and San Fran. Now, Mike, that's a good schedule, but if Arizona shows up like they did last week against Minnesota, Arizona looks for real. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> uh, I look at uh, Baltimore moving forward, and uh, I love Ray Rice in, the, in week 14. I love Ray Rice in week 15. Yeah. I love Ray Rice in week 15. <laughs> Starting to sound like a Dr. Seuss book, man. <laughs> yep. Ray Rice in the morning, Ray Rice in the evening, Ray Rice supper time. Yeah, Ray Rice. He's yep. one of the most popular players, uh, along with Chris Johnson, for um, fantasy playoff participants. Kevin Smith, though, uh, 16 for 75 and a touchdown. Does he have a good day? Baltimore uh, does uh, not allow the run too much. They're fifth in the league to opposing running backs. Do you start Kevin Smith if you're playing against Baltimore this week? It just depends on who you have. I mean, right. 
Who's, who's your other backup? I mean, Kevin Smith, he's been steady. I mean, he's been pretty – he's been steady. And uh, I think Detroit is showing a lot more life. I, I never thought I'd say this, but I think Detroit is showing a lot more life than, say, Kansas City or well, somebody like that. I mean we'll, – We'll see how Culpepper does this week against uh, Minnesota. Well, I when, you know, I'm not talking about Culpepper. I'm talking about down the road with Matt Stafford. Uh, because yeah. Matt Stafford is a he, he's a tough kid and he'll be back. Uh, you know, I'm not a big Detroit fan, but uh, you know they'll be back. Kevin Smith, they'll be back, and uh, you know I, I just don't think Detroit is that bad. Yeah, well, I I started Richard Mendenhall over Kevin Smith, and it looked like a good matchup on paper, but it did not work out for me. So that's going to be hurting. Uh, we are going into overtime, so uh, real quick, Red versus Blue will be right back. Uh, 60 seconds, uh, Red versus Blue is coming back for overtime for 30 minutes. Everybody knows. Everybody knows why we have to have those breaks when we're in radio. It's uh, but uh, we we are back. We've got a couple of, of uh, games and injuries to go here. Uh, you know, I, I the injuries are are, are kind of mounting up, and this Green Bay Chicago game is a is a is a real um, interesting one for fantasy owners. Uh, Devin Hester, you know, has been a guy that you have been able to put in your lineup because Cutler doesn't have a lot to throw to, but it doesn't sound like he's going to play. He's questionable. When he didn't practice all week with that calf injury. Uh, Green Bay is the number one defense in the league, yards allowed, okay? They're number three against the run, running backs, and they right. do allow uh, – they, they don't allow much in the pass, too, either. They're number eight against wide receivers. So, Mike, Chicago, as bad as they've been, uh, Green Bay is really picking up steam here and looks to be uh, maybe uh, one of these teams that could sneak in for the playoffs. Well, they're eight and four for a reason. Uh, I would not start an offensive player – playing against Green Bay because they showed it against Baltimore. Uh, that, you know, these guys, uh, they're, they're stepping up uh, and they're showing what they can do. So if, if you're playing against Green Bay, in my opinion, I would not start anybody from a QB uh, running back wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I, I think if you're Green Bay, obviously you're starting all your guys, Driver, Jennings, uh, Finley, uh, if he's not, uh, I yep. think he's okay. And uh, you know, in Chicago, Forte is the is the interesting question here. I don't know what we're doing with Forte. He's he's somebody that if you snuck into the playoffs with and, and you survived, I think you're you're pretty happy that you're there. But you don't know what to expect, and uh, yeah. it's one of those it's one of those matchups. They don't have a good schedule. They've got the toughest schedule in the league against running backs. Lou Tranquilly pointed that out for me. Uh, you can always thank uh, BFD for that type of feedback. Yeah, Chicago has the toughest schedule in the league against running backs. So 
don't look for Forte to save your day. But, again, remember, Forte is a dual threat, not as much with Cutler this year, but he does catch balls out of the backfield, and he can salvage a good day. Miami Dolphins at Jacksonville, Mike. This is a killer for fantasy. Mike, Mike Sims Walker is out. Uh, wow. He's a very popular player on playoff teams, Mike, and to see him out has got to be hurting. Uh, the other side of the ball is Miami Dolphins, and it's Ricky Williams. It's the Ricky Williams show, right? I mean, he, he he's yeah, one, of the, uh, one of the top running backs in the league right now. You know, obviously, with uh, Rachel being a big uh, Miami Dolphins fan, she was so pumped up uh, when Miami beat uh, New England last weekend. Uh, this Miami Dolphins team is strange. They, you know, they just find they a are. way to win. You're they right. Find a way That's to strange. win, and it, and it's very hard to figure out which player you want. Uh, Chad Henney might be a pretty good play. As a matter of fact, Chad Henney versus Eli Manning, which would you take? I don't know. Maybe Eli. Just for the pedigree. I know, yeah. but, you know, when you're looking at what Miami's doing and their offense, uh, they're you know, they're, they're doing stuff, and it, it's a very tough call. It's a very tough yeah. call. And uh, Well, Mike, look at that, this. You know, you, you think this is a Ricky Williams-type day, but this is Jacksonville, and with the injuries to their secondary, they're 29th against the pass, 7th against the run. So let's, let's think here for a second, Mike. If you're 29th against the throw. pass and everybody's been throwing – who is the wide receiver that you put in the lineup if you're the Miami Dolphins and you've got one of them? Do you put – is it Devon Bess? Devon Bess. He's the guy Bess. that got all the targets no last doubt. week, right? No doubt. No doubt. Devon Bess. Devon Bess has to be my guy. And uh, Ted Ginn – well, Ted Ginn. Uh, no. No, it's Hartline. Yeah. Hartline or Bess. I think you go with Bess and, and you yeah. see what kind of uh, work, kind of West Welkerish kind of work he can do for you. But uh, it, it, it is it too would, bad that be, Miami doesn't really have much of a passing game. It would be interesting to see Miami start with the pass and then use Ricky in the run, and wow, this team yeah. could be tough. Uh, the only problem is Miami doesn't have much of a passing game, so it's really kind of uh, push comes to shove well, here. Jacksonville. Well, why, not? why do you why do you got to say that? Miami is twelfth against the. Look, I, I don't have time. Miami's twelfth against the run, and Jacksonville is uh, MJD. Has got is hoping and praying for some holes to open up with that offensive line because Mike, the MJD owners are getting a, a, a real impatient. <laughs> we already yeah, talked about New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans and uh, Atlanta. We already talked about. We've got Meacham in there. Uh, Atlanta, obviously, you got Roddy White, and who knows what's going to happen in that in that running game. The Jets at Tampa. Sanchez is out. That's been announced, and so you got incoming mm-hmm. Kellen Clemens throwing to Kachery and Keller and Braylon. Uh, Tampa Bay doesn't stop the pass. They're 28th in the pass. Can you start any of those wide receivers in a pinch, Mike? Uh, I would I would start Jericho in a pinch right now if I had to. Uh, but there's one player that I would definitely start, and that would be Sean Green. Well, uh, let's look at Tampa Bay, 27th against the run, and, and you've got Thomas Jones getting the carries, and Sean Green is probably getting a little bit of work here. Uh, the, the player I kind of like here, uh, that I've liked and I've been watching the last couple weeks has been heating up is Antonio Bryant, Mike. Five for 116 yeah. in the touchdown, but now he gets Darrell Rivas, uh, who apparently is the lockdown, shutdown corner of the league this yeah, year. Yeah, you, you don't you don't want to go against him. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to go against him. 
No. Antonio he, he Bryant, is. he's got his hands full of that or on Sunday. He, he's the real deal. Uh, Revis is the real yep. deal. And I think if you take away Antonio Bryant, Tampa cannot win this game. That's just my opinion. Yeah. But that might mean that might mean a big day for Kellen Winslow because if he can't throw to Bryant and you don't have, uh, uh, you know, Mark, Mike Clayton, he's out with the knee. Cadillac Williams is questionable in this game. Oh, man, I'll tell you what, it might be the Winslow show uh, without a doubt. Yeah. So, well, and it's about time. I mean, well, Winslow, he's had a pretty good year, uh, but uh, – I don't know. In this game, uh, to me, it, it it screams Sean Green. Okay. All right. Well, you heard it there first. Philly at the Giants is a big, big game. Uh, Philadelphia is just this team that, you know, you've been watching. Last year they had that huge win against Dallas in Week 17 that just really put them into the playoffs. And now you've got them going up at New York Giants, this team that hasn't shown much heart. Uh, they did have a nice win last week. It kind of surprised some teams, them beating the Cowboys. I predicted it, um, but that's just because I figured it was too early to fold. But, Mike, this game is a little bit different. You've got um, you've got injuries to Jeremy Macklin now. You've had Kevin Curtis out for I don't know how long. And Westbrook, Deshaun Jackson is back now. What about this game? Where, how do you see it going? Uh, well, uh, it's it's December. It's December in Philly. Yeah, yeah. And that's all I need to say. That's all I need okay. to say. Donovan McNabb will show up, and he will find a way for uh, for his running backs to get involved in the game. And uh, Deshaun Jackson will have a huge game. Avant, who knows? I mean, yeah. these guys will get involved because – Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb have a connection when it comes to December. I'm glad you said Andy Reid, man. I'll tell you what, Andy Reid. If you look at this guy's numbers, he is he is the he's a he's a definite Hall of Famer. I mean, these numbers crush Bill Parcells. They crush just about every coach you've ever heard of. Uh, The winning numbers are just unreal. I don't have time to recite them, but if you want to look them up, the winning percentages for Andy Reid are just insane. And in December, Crazy. like you said, they do not lose. So it's it's, it's going to nope. be very tough for the Giants. Uh, it's going to be a battle. It's NFC East uh, in December. I, I, I love it. You never know which way it's going to go. Mike, uh, if there's not a there, – there, there's a couple of players here that I just want to bring up that are very, very hot right now. Alex Smith, uh, if you're thinking about a quarterback and you're, and you're, and you're kind of on the fence about who to start, the Cardinals defense, uh, they, they've got a big game Monday night. Arizona at San Francisco is going to be a great yep. game. Uh, the, de- the Arizona defense has allowed at least 20 fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks in four of the last five weeks. Okay, that, if that's not reason enough to start Alex Smith, I don't know what is. But look, look, Vernon Davis six catches 111 yards and a touchdown last week. Crabtree six catches for 60 yards. Gore five for 77 in the passing game. He has weapons to throw to, and all he's got to do is zing it around to these guys. You got somebody over yeah. the middle, you got somebody on the sideline, and you got somebody out of the backfield you can dump it to. That's what Alex Smith has needed all his career. So I, I, I kind of like to see Alex Smith. If you're in a pinch, I think Alex Smith is the type of guy that, that you can kind of throw in. And another quarterback, Mike, and then I'll let you comment on this. This might surprise you. Another quarterback I like is Jason Campbell. Campbell for the Redskins, okay? Really? What, I, what I see here, and listen, hear me out. He's experienced kind of a resurgence the last couple of weeks, what I call it a resurgence. He's thrown for over 800 yards and five touchdowns in the last three weeks. Mike, with a matchup against an overrated Oakland defense, 
should owners be willing to roll the dice on a Campbell start? Well, I, I think they should. Uh, I would rather roll the dice on uh, Alex Smith. Sure. Well, but, uh, I, I think they're I think they're in the same ballpark. The thing I see about the skins, they've kind of decided to let Campbell prove that he is worth keeping around next year. You know, he's thrown at right. least 37 times in each of the last three games. Like 37 times each of the last three well, games. You know, furthermore, Scott, he's been in a tough situation uh, in Washington, and yeah. you know, he's like, look, you know, I I don't have much to choose from, but uh, here's what I got. So I'm well, gonna play I'm ball saying, and see what happens. If you're hurting and you maybe you had Roethlisberger and you didn't have the guts to start him, you know. My only concern this week would come from the fact that Oakland's run defense is an abomination, and so the right. skins could conceivably turn back to the ground game. Now, I don't think they will, however, because, frankly, it, winning is just not too important for them anymore. They really, what they need to do, they need to find out if Campbell can be a starter. Can he be a future quarterback for the skins? So I say they keep giving him his 35 or 40 drops, which make him appealing this week. I mean, to be honest with you, it makes right. him appealing. If they're going to let him see, is this the guy we got to build around, or in the draft do we have to go ahead and get somebody? But, look, they've been looking better, and, and Jason Campbell's a big, big part of that. Now, the starting running back this week is Quentin Ganther. Uh, he's back. At, he's his first career start in Oakland, okay? Seven running backs in 12 games have gone for 100 yards plus on Oakland, okay? It's Correll Buckhalter. He had 200-yard games. Uh, Sean Green was a third stringer uh, with, with, with 30 career yards when he came off the bench and got 144 on him. Okay, that's your guy, Sean Green. Hey, Bernie uh, Scott. Bernie Scott went for 119 in his first career start, and that's an emergency start. And Jamal Charles had his first 100-yard game at their expense. So, in all in all, the Raiders they let a running back go for 100 times, 100 yards, 51 times since 2003. This team cannot stop the run. So Quentin Ganser. He's a starter. Yeah, uh, Scott, I, I am totally on uh, Quentin Ganther. I picked him up in two local leagues. Hey, uh, good for you. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. This guy, he, he's not rock caught right. He is a runner, and, uh, you know, this it might make this offense open up for uh, Campbell and uh, things like that. Uh, let's see what else we got here, Mike. Um you know, uh, before I get to these last couple of games, uh, for all of our prognosticators out there, I'll tell you what, I'd like to give you a play here and there that I think you can do something with. Maybe you can win some money. This Denver versus Indianapolis game, uh, the last five meetings between these two, Mike, have produced yep. five straight overs. Five straight wow. overs. The Broncos have Denver a record of five straight overs. The Broncos have a record of seven overs and three unders the last ten times they've faced an AFC South opponent. So there's the two trends that I saw that just really jumped out at me. And it's wow. like, man, these two teams like to get involved in the offense. Now, it is a little bit of a different Denver team this year, but that's that's hard to ignore, yeah. Mike. Five straight overs? Yeah. Uh, what's the, I didn't check the over and under on, on that one, but uh, I, I bet it probably right around 49 in that range, but uh, that'd be hard to take that over, especially with Denver's defense. Yeah. Well, Denverville, Denverville, baby. Yeah, let, let's talk about this um, Seattle-Houston game. Uh, I don't know what, what's intriguing here. Obviously, the Julius Jones starting in Seattle and, and, and 
and putting our, our little running back that we like, what's his name in Seattle, um, put him on the bench a little bit. And, and, and we were really targeting uh, Seattle's running yeah. back to uh, kind of be the kind of be the, the dark horse. No, not not Maurice Morris. We're talking about uh, Justin Forsett. You know, he he still got his touchdown last week. It was kind of a gift, but he really they just kind of didn't include him at all in the in the in the ground game at all, and and it showed. But Seattle still came out with a win against the Niners. It was in Seattle, uh, and that's what you do when you're in Seattle. You win. When you're on the road and you're Seattle, yep. you lose. Seattle's at yep. Houston this week. And Houston doesn't have a ground game to speak of. Slayton, I guess you heard he's out for the year. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Scott. Right now, uh, yep. Slayton is done for the year, but Houston doesn't have a ground game, so to speak. But yeah. they got Matt Schaub. Matt they have Schaub, Matt Schaub is the most underrated quarterback in sure. the NFL right now. I hear you, man. Uh, Andre Johnson, 7 for 99 and a touchdown last week. More interesting is as a player like a Kevin Walter, because this is one of those middle-of-the-road guys, do you get him in there or not? 4 for 54 last week. I think you definitely get uh, Kevin Walter in your lineup if you're in a pinch. I think Kevin Walter is the guy. Now, you know, buddy, Mike Santos, he has he has Walter in his lineup uh, this week because Dwayne Bowe's on suspension. And, and, you know, that's the type of opportunity here that Walter can really take advantage of for you. He's at home. No ground game to speak of, and you're playing Seattle, who uh, yeah. doesn't light the world up against wide receivers. Matter of fact, they're 30th in the league against wideouts. This is the perfect kind of day for Matt Schaub just to zip it around the field and score about 28 points through the air. Right. I mean, you know, it, it's just it's amazing how many points they score and uh, you know how they get it done. Uh, but it's a, it's the little guys that you don't think of in uh, fantasy football that get the get the job done, and you know, like your Schaub and, you know, the guys like that. Yeah, I think Houston's definitely going to put it to them this week, and yep. uh, they're, they're, they're going to definitely throw for a lot of yards. Too bad I've got Schaub in the FFPC league, and I'm in the toilet bowl there, and I'll probably end up winning the toilet bowl. Watch. I mean, it'll just be my luck. I've got <laughs> San Antonio Holmes. i got no Sean Moreno, Steven Jackson. You know, i got all these guys yeah, that are probably just going to get hot at the right time and win the toilet bowl. Well, I'm going to tell you what, Scott, uh, you know, I've had a lot of fun with uh, in the hypers uh, because, uh, I mean, I guess that's the only leagues I'm in. But uh, the hyper two, I'm in the toilet bowl. The hyper three, uh, I'm getting ready to go this week. And, uh, you know, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And uh, Yeah. Yep. I've got I, – tell you what, this FFPC team that I have, it's nasty. It's a toilet bowl team. Schaub, Steven Jackson, Moreno, Holmes, Greg Jennings, who might get hot here at the end. Brandon Marshall, Kellen Winslow. I mean, I'm telling you, it's one of those teams that you're just like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. this, this yeah. is a team that gets hot while you're in the toilet bowl. That's just the way it goes. So, you know, I do want to thank everybody for supporting my uh, our, our, our team on, in the World Championship of Fantasy Football. We did play second in our league, and unfortunately we got shut out, and we are in the consolation bracket. But, Mike, I was looking. Uh, it's, it's interesting to see our the, the team that uh, put together at the World Championship had Brandon Jacobs, LaDainian Tomlinson and Deshaun Jackson. And wouldn't you know it, there were only four other teams that made the playoffs with Brandon Jacobs, three other teams that made the playoffs with LaDainian Tomlinson, and only three teams overall made the playoffs with Deshaun Jackson. I'm telling you, if wow. I could have made that playoff, wow. I would have had a very unique team uh, with possibilities say. moving forward. So I don't know. We'll just have to see what I can do in the consolation and see if we can make any noise there. But 
just uh, just to be on the outside looking in. Uh, you know, sometimes it's just uh, it's not meant to be. I mean, we spent a lot of time on it this year, and and the Red yep. versus Blue crew, we couldn't ask for more out of them. But uh, I'll tell you, drafting LT just put us in too big of a hole. LT and Jacobs were two of my first three picks. So <laughs> to be taking LT and Jacobs and, and still placing second in, know, our, you, in the league is You never know, but you never know, Scott. But uh, looking back, uh, you know, I think we need to put more uh, put more um, trust yep, in quarterbacks. Yeah. I quarterbacks, agree. quarterbacks from from the word go, and then we go running back, wide receiver. Well, in the NFFC, for sure, you're talking with the six points per touchdown. But you know what, Mike? I firmly believe this. I still wait on my quarterback in the World Championship, I, and I, and I'm not going to very uh, veer from that strategy. I took Kurt Warner in. Uh, oh shoot, what round was it here? I don't know. I don't have it in front. It was like the tenth round, eighth, eighth ninth, tenth round, something like that. I took him after uh, took him over Tony Romo. I mean, it was a, it was a late decision, but look when you when you can wait and be last and still pick from Romo and Warner, and then and then I was last yeah. the very next round. I took my tight end and I was last there too, and I I still got to choose between Carlson and Winslow and took Winslow. So yeah. you're still getting great players there. I mean, they're a deep they're deep positions when you can wait that long and still get high scoring positions. I don't know. I think you're right though in NFFC. I think really what I've seen in that league, man, you need to have a guy. And that quarterback spot, they can put up 35. Yep. yep. So if because we get Aaron Rodgers next year, you know what? I'll take Aaron Rodgers all day long over Eddie Royal next yep. year. Or Philip you know Rivers. <laughs> we took Eddie, Eddie Rogers, Royal. Philip Rivers, take him all day long. We took Eddie Royal in the third round, and we were high-fiving. We're like, yeah, baby, yeah. Eddie Royal. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it didn't work out. So, uh, Mike, the last two games we got on the radar here, St. Louis Rams at Tennessee Titans. Mike, this was the team that you said might roll all the way, and, uh, you know, they just didn't get it done against the Colts, and now Vince yeah. Young is questionable. Yeah, but they're still going to take care of St. Louis. Uh, uh, I expect them. Do they make the playoffs? Do they make the playoffs? Do they, do they sneak in? Tennessee? Do they run the table? Do they run the table? No, no, no. I don't. I don't think they do. Uh, Here, here's, here's the rest of their lineup. They, they got to play St. Louis at home. Yep, they win that. They play Miami at home. They lose that. They play San Diego at home. They lose that. So see. And at Seattle. So you're saying they lose Miami and San Diego, even though they're at yep. home. Okay. Yeah. All right. Even though even though they're at home, they're they're going to lose those games. Uh, you never know. I don't think Miami. I don't think Miami beats them. I don't think Miami beats them. I think Tennessee's got a little little something for Miami. Well, Miami has uh, much more urgency uh, to make the playoffs than Tennessee does. So I yeah. say Miami does. Uh, that's just, you know, that's just my gut feeling uh, on the way they're going to play the game and the way it works out. But uh, Mike, Mike, the other game we wanted to talk about, San Diego at Dallas. It'll be one of the most bet-on games in the world uh, in the National Football League next week. Everybody loves betting on Dallas and San Diego, such a hot team. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Antonio fair. Gates going off. You've got two great tight ends in this, Gates and Witten. And uh, <clears throat> Witten got 14 catches last week in our uh, little wager. 14 catches for 156. Yeah, he is. Well, I, I'll tell you what, uh, Dallas and San Diego, that's going to be a fun game, but I think Who wins? I think San Diego. Woo, you're taking the road team here, huh? Yep, yep. I'm just waiting for the following Saturday when Dallas they... beats New Orleans. Okay, when Dallas well, well, beats New Orleans. 
Well, if they're going to beat New Orleans, they're going to have to win this game to get a little momentum. I don't think you go in cold Wade against Phillips New Orleans and win. No clue what's going on. Wade, Wade Phillips has Wade no Phillips. clue. Boy, you're not kidding. But you know what? You got Norv Turner on the other side, so this is like the battle of the wits right here. Okay. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I tell you what. Look at look at what Dallas did last week. Here's what I think is so impressive about Dallas in that game that they played last week again against the Giants. Uh, a, a very respectable defense, right? The Giants, right? Yeah, you, you have to agree right. they're respectable. Now they're they're not oh, yeah. world beaters right now, but they're still ninth in the league against wide receivers. Uh, they're they're twelfth. Uh, no, no, no. Where are they in uh, quarterbacks? Twentieth in the league against wide uh, quarterbacks. So they do give up some. But look, fourteen for one fifty six for Witten, ten for one hundred four against Austin. Roy Williams six for uh, sixty in, in two touchdowns. I mean, Romo put up three hundred ninety yards in that game. San Diego, you saw what Cleveland let, uh, was able to do to what Take a look Diego. at Barber. Take a look at Barber. They don't use him. They don't freaking oh, use him. They don't use mess, the guy. It? It, it is a mess, and, and it pisses me off, but that's just the <laughs> way it is. Well, I think San Diego is an underdog going into this game on the road uh, in Dallas, and i tell you what, I like the fact I would have to start all my Cowboys. i got to start Witten, got to start Austin. If I'm in a pinch, you know what, the way Roy Williams is looking – uh, he's very unpredictable, but if I'm if I'm in a pinch, I'm 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 liking playing a hot Tony Romo. Romo is really hot right now. With, I mean, you can't deny it. And playing against San Diego, you're going right. to have to put up some points. That's an offensive team right now. Well, for have uh, having Jerry Jones come out and uh, say something about uh, Marion Barber that the lack of his use. Uh, what about him? I don't know. I don't think I don't think Marion Barber is in a position that I start him at all right now. It's just a total mess right there. I'm surprised that I'm surprised that Jerry even said that and spoke up because Felix is obviously his yep. guy, and you know, I don't know if I don't know if that's the problem there or not. I mean, I, I don't see that as being the, the issue. Dallas is a three point favorite in this game, and let's take a look at the over under. It's 49, Mike. You thought Indy uh, Denver was 49, just to credit you, it's 44 uh, in that game. 40. 49 is San Diego wow. Dallas. That's a high scoring game. Mike, is there a better offense in the league right now than San Diego? No. Uh, San Diego's one of the hottest teams in the league, and I've been yeah. preaching this for about the last three four weeks. San Diego is one of the hottest teams in the league until they play Dallas. So uh, the under 49, I don't know. That might be good. Yeah. Mike, we we do have one in the uh, we do have one in the chat room. Chad Schroeder, uh, the FFPC champion from last year, has a Tough line of decision. We need to get it right for him. It is a non-PPR right. league. Braylon with uh, the, the Kellen Clemens situation going on there. That's kind of scary. Um, Nix, Hakeem Nix for the Giants. Um, then he's got two other options. He's got Morgan or Holt. Josh Morgan for San Fran on a Monday night might not be too bad. But you know what? If Sims Walker is out, maybe Torrey Holt can get something to go on against the uh, it's against the I Dolphins, would go Torrey Holt. It's against the Dolphins. I don't know if I'm going to pin my playoff hopes on a Tory Holt. You know what? Nix is the guy that. You know what? Philly and the Giants. What's the over under in that game? Let's take a look at the over under in that game. Giants are favored by one, but the over under is 44. It's a nice, nice over under. Arizona San Fran. The over under is 44. And Morgan is a number. What do you call him? A number. Uh, a number two right now. For Alex Smith, Vernon Davis, I guess you okay. You bump him down to the number three, AB number three, three passing option uh, versus 
um, Hakeem Nix, who's very likely the after after Steve Smith, he's kind of right there with Mario Manningham. So he's like the the two A or two B option for for New York. And I would say that Nix gives you a much bigger touchdown potential than Josh Morgan. So I think at the end of the day. Chad, and you you got to make your call at the end here because I know it would be kind of nice to have somebody to root for on Monday night. I know you want the points. I think I go with the better athlete. Nick's next year will be one of your top wide receivers, especially by year three. He'll be one of the top wide receivers in the game. Book it. The guy has the talent. I go with the best player on the out of the bunch right now, and that's Hakeem Nix. I'll, I'll go with Morgan. All right. Well, that's what we're here for, <laughs> to give you – to give you the dissenting viewpoints. Well, Mike, we went 90 minutes tonight. We had a, a great show. World Championship of Fantasy Football was the topic, the playoffs, the championship bracket. If you missed any of that show, make sure you come back and download the podcast. We had Alex Kaganowski on. Uh, we had Sean Childs on. Both those guys showed up, gave their take on what they think about this playoff format and what the controversy is all about. If you missed any of that show, you come back, you download that podcast. That's going to be a featured podcast for at least the next couple of weeks. You can get it right here Great on Red show. versus Blue. Download it to your iTunes, your your iPod, or your MP3 player, any any way you want to get it. Thanks to all the guys at Blog Talk Radio and Mark Ronick. Mike, thanks to you for being my co-host every week, week in and week out. Wouldn't do Great it without show, you. And uh, man, everybody, good luck in the crew. Red versus Blue. We'll see you next week, and let's make some money. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.
better time than now. Oh! 